Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. There's been a lot of work lately in interfaith conferences, both international interfaith conferences and New York City Interfaith Commission, uh, all connecting here to the state of Utah, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we're going to cover this in two segments today. We're going to talk about it and now. We'll also talk about it in our closing segment today uh, with some final thoughts. Uh, the international conference was actually in uh, Kazakhstan, and uh, Elder uh, Ulysses Suarez of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Quorum of the Twelve Apostles was there, along with other notables such as Pope Francis, uh, the Grand Imam, uh, and uh, many others from around the world as they had a, an important conversation from leaders of many of the world's religious traditions, uh, tackling everything from loneliness to what can be done in community. We're going to start out, though, uh, with the fact that uh, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints hosted members of the New York City Commission of Religious Leaders at the church headquarters uh, just recently, and it's really interesting. This commission is a is a body of faith leaders, a lot of different faith traditions, and they simply are supporting one another, focusing on uh, the ability to come together, interface between religion and government in particular. And we often talk about that bridge. We talked about it earlier as it related to refugees, uh, that government can't do everything, that there are many gaps and cracks that uh, people fall into and often it is faith communities that can uh, bridge that gap and lift individuals. Uh, so the uh, commission from New York City, uh, they uh, had a, a really interesting conversation. Uh, Quentin L. Cook of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ uh, has uh, worked uh, just tirelessly on interfaith collaboration for many, many years now, uh, has really become recognized as someone who understands interfaith in a very unique way. And as you look at that connection, really interesting, uh, one of those in attendance from New York City, Rabbi uh, Potasnik, uh, said that it's not enough for us to pray for peace. We have to pursue it. And then he said this, uh, again, from, from the rabbi. He said, we are not apart from society. We are a part of society. And I think that's so important to to look through being part of society, that faith in the public square, and what can faith do in and for the public in the public square. Uh, So I want to start first with a comment from uh, Elder Cook. This was in a church news video titled A Righteous Motive. Elder Cook shared that if we can't live and share our religions in the public square, then we really are in difficult times. What, What is religious freedom? Well, if you can't have religions in a city have a voice, if they can't be in the public square, if they can't share what's most important about them, their faith in God, if they can't do that, then we really are in difficult times. Elder Cook went on to say that religious liberty belongs to all, including those with no faith. We will always be for religious liberty, and we want it for everybody. And uh, for those who have no faith at all, we want them to not be persecuted. We feel like that's a righteous motive. That is a, a motive that uh, is backed by the doctrine and the scriptures and is something that needs to be preserved. Preserving that is such an important part uh, of the program and how we actually lift society. Uh, some of those in attendance uh, had some very powerful thoughts. Monsignor Kevin Sullivan, executive director of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of New York, said one of my favorite things uh, from this exchange in terms of where we are. 
I think it's very important when we talk about religious liberty, it's different than just freedom of worship. Where we get into trouble in this country is how we exercise that. When we try to speak about some of our values in the public square, our responsibility is that our discourse is civil. We have to be faithful to being respectful of others, even when they're not of us. And that is the challenge that we have in this country at the moment. That civility, seeing each other not as competitors, uh, not as monsters, those that disagree with us, but as fellow travelers uh, so that we can link arms and move forward together. I mentioned earlier Rabbi uh, Potasnik, who's the senior rabbi and executive vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis. He weighed in and said this. Liberty is different than democracy. Democracy is the vote of the majority. So liberty says you have the right to be who you want to be. Uh, government can have a say whether there's a compelling interest, you know, preserve health or whatever. But we have a primary right uh, to practice our faith without anyone else uh, interfering with that practice. That's an important thing in terms of liberty uh, and that ability to do that. It's not just the majority rule. That liberty protects the minority and allows the minority to do a lot of good in our communities. Annette Bernard, who's the executive director of Community Affairs of Tea Christian Cultural Center, uh, also weighed in on that unique component of religious freedom. We need to be able to do what we feel best for us, and different religions do that for different people. We, we, no one has the right to say this religion is better than this religion, or I'm not going to talk to this person because of this. It's just, it's, it's just the way we are all uniquely made. We believe in, and, and do things all in our own unique way. It's also interesting to note uh, Reverend Q. English, who's the director of Partnership Center, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, also recognizes that crucial role of those of faith in the public square. I think we all bring different things to the table, and even through our own lens of our religion. I think it's absolutely critical that religious liberty remains just that. We need all to be liberated in our respective religion. And we respect one another in their respective religion. We don't judge. We don't try to persuade the other to come to our side because we're the right side. And then finally, uh, some very powerful world words from Bishop uh, Dr. Victor A. Brown, senior pastor of Mount Sinai United Christian Church. There is so much that we can rally around that is non-threatening to our respective belief systems. Any kind of difference that I may have with respect to religion or something else pales in comparison to the fact that, you know, we have real issues that we need to rally around because what impacts one impacts the other. What impacts one impacts the other. Uh, the commission uh, is doing such important work. It's uh, reduced maternal mortality rates. It's influenced prison reform, criminal justice reform. It has supported the underprivileged. Uh, there's a, a faith-based voice that needs to be represented in local governments. Uh, the, the group has also done so much work in fighting food insecurity, particularly in and around New York City. And this great interfaith collaboration uh, is such a fantastic model that just shows how religious institutions, organizations, and individuals can make a difference in the community. And the key to all of that is for everyone to be able to bring their whole authentic self into that community.
I loved what Elder Cook said in terms of not only those of faith, but those of no faith, uh, that no one should be forced to believe or not believe. No one should be punished or penalized uh, by government for believing or for not believing. Uh, But it's part of this idea of seeing each other deeply and being deeply seen. Uh, It's part of the work that I think Elder Cook has been uh, so instrumental in, in building relationships and building relationships of trust uh, in that interfaith collaboration that I think not only helps us bridge the gaps where government often falls short, but it often helps us to really see those who are in need, not just as liabilities to be managed, uh, but as people with infinite potential to be developed. This is a real crucial conversation, and we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, when we come back in our final segment, we'll talk about that international gathering where Elder Ulysses Suarez of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints weighed in on some important things for international religious tolerance. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We've been talking about religious liberty, faith in the public square, the difference it can make. We looked at that locally. We looked at that nationally. And we want to look at it internationally. Earlier this month, religious leaders from all walks of life gathered in Kazakhstan uh, to discuss tolerance and peace. Uh, the event was attended uh, by many notables, including Pope Francis. Uh, you had a representative from the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Ulysses Suarez, And we want to get in this segment and talk a little bit from that international perspective. What was the conversation? What was the focus? Uh, There were words about tolerance. There was words about coming together. There was uh, a lot of discussion about how do we help individuals. Uh, And so this particular meeting, again, in Kazakhstan is the 7th Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions. And it's really interesting. The, The Congress was initiated in 2003. Uh, following uh, September 11th, the attack on the United States. Uh, was also following Pope uh, St. John Paul II's uh, second Spirit of Assisi uh, meeting in 2002. And that Spirit of Assisi, uh, of course, uh, Francis of Assisi uh, said, always preach the gospel when necessary, use words. And Pope John Paul II uh, was very much about what are we actually doing, not just what are we talking about, what are we actually doing about all of this. And so I want to go to some of the comments that were made during the course of this conference and Congress uh, in Kazakhstan. Uh, Elder Ulysses Suarez, as I mentioned, from the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, shared something that I thought was really significant, uh, uh, the new pandemic that came uh, after the COVID-19 crisis. As the global pandemic subsides, a different kind of ailment has emerged. In July 2021, The World Health Organization declared that social isolation and loneliness are widespread. Likewise, according to the British Medical Association, problematic levels of loneliness are experienced by a substantial proportion of the population in many countries. COVID helped us understand the emotional necessity of personal connection. That personal connection, that connectedness is such an important part, and it is what happens not between an individual and government, or even between the the broader sense in terms of an individual and where they work or where they go to school. Uh, It's community and it's neighborhoods and it's individuals. That connectedness is so important to us emotionally. And that's a a space uh, 
where faith communities have always played such an important role in developing that connective tissue that actually brings us together regardless of our faith tradition, regardless of our belief. But it's that connective tissue that actually brings us together to do good for our neighbors, uh, to to really have that St. Francis of Assisi model of we're going to we're going to do good. We're not just going to talk good. We're going to actually do things that make a difference for our fellow travelers uh, here in the community. As Elder Suarez continued, he stressed the importance of engaging and never surrendering to hardship, fear, frustration, many of the things that are facing people around the world. Let us not surrender to hardship. We must engage in instead. Everyone suffers in different ways and on different timetables, whether rich or poor, young or old, believer or no believer. Nevertheless, if we embrace the trial of faith, God will make weak things become strong. To wrestle the universal question, why would an unknowing, all-powerful, all-loving God allow suffering, is to accept the responsibility of spiritual maturity. That spiritual maturity... Uh, that really coming together and recognizing that there are hardships, there are struggles all around the world, and it's only in coming together that we can meet the needs of those, whether that's refugees, whether it's those dealing from natural disasters and storms or economic chaos. Uh, we've obviously seen war-torn countries uh, where that is problematic as well. But we have to remember that for these religious communities to make that difference, their ability to go into the public square to take their whole authentic self into the public square is absolutely vital. Uh, I, I loved the conversation we had a little bit earlier uh, with uh, Rabbi Potasnik and and his comment that uh, that it's not just that liberty; it's the it's the not just democracy; it's that ability to live as we believe, and that is true for the believer and the non-believer is like alike. That everyone has to have that opportunity. Uh, Elder Suarez also emphasized that religious tolerance uh, is so vital, and it really comes down, as in most things, to individuals. A culture is only as strong as the values of its members. The virtues of honesty, dignity, religious freedom, toleration toward difference, forgiveness, appreciation for beauty, and striving for fairness all come from the reciprocal respect between citizens. The peaceful coexistence of diverse religious practices, political opinions, and philosophical beliefs relies upon a rich tapestry of laws, customs, habits, morals, and ideas designed to keep human affections moving outward instead of inward. One of the things that Elder Suarez emphasized throughout his address there in Kazakhstan uh, was this virtue of tolerance. And we've talked a lot about that of late. And sadly, I think what we're seeing in so many places is intolerant tolerance, where we're only tolerant of those that we agree with, uh, those who believe as we do, those who hold the same political opinions or perspectives as we do. And that is not tolerance at all. Intolerant tolerance uh, is part of the problem. And it actually leads to one of the other real cancers in our society today, and that's the cancer of contempt, where when we do find those that we disagree with, we immediately demonize them. We weaponize their words. We make them out to be evil and an enemy. 
Uh, I want to go back to where I was uh, a week ago uh, after sitting down with former Vice President Mike Pence and listening to the students talk about their interaction. And I am still thinking about one student who said he had spent the last five years arguing about dismissing, disagreeing, and, and demonizing everything that the former vice president said online, with his friends, with family. And then he had a chance to meet him. He had a chance to listen to him, be in the same room. And his response of, he was not the monster I had created in my mind. He said, I saw a man of principle, a man of character, a man who cared deeply about his family, about his faith, about his country. And he said, I just couldn't square this monster that I had created in my mind and reinforced online and with all of the media that this young student was consuming. It didn't match with the human being that he had to interact with on the day down there at Utah Valley University. And that continues to echo for me because that is the virtue of tolerance. That is the virtue of having the dignity, recognizing the divineness, the dignity in our fellow travelers here on planet Earth, that appreciation, forgiveness that Elder Suarez talked about, that striving for fairness uh, that we we have to recognize, that everyone deserves a, an equal chance and a fair shot, and how we treat them actually matters. Uh, so appreciated Elder Suarez's uh, comments and his speech, part of a really important international meeting there, the International Conference. This is the 7th Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions there in Kazakhstan. Combine that with uh, Elder Quentin L. Cook's conversation with New York City Interfaith Commission, and that gives us a pretty good model, regardless of your belief, of how we can go about being better neighbors, better friends, better citizens of planet Earth. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here today on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news.